Hello and welcome to At Home With, a podcast from the residential business at Knight Frank. At Home With offers a glimpse inside the lives of some of the world's foremost property experts and their clients. And every week you'll be hearing conversations with interesting people from across the world about how they made it to where they are today, how they found their dream homes and how we can help you find yours. I'm your host, journalist and social media executive at Knight Frank, Rebecca Hills. Today I'm joined by Edward Damali Morgan, a partner in our international residential team. This is an incredible episode with Edward offering huge amounts of advice to those considering a career in property, along with some amazing stories of his most exciting international transactions and experiences. Edward began his property career back in 2002 and has since risen to become an expert in global prime and super prime international property. Basing over 18 years property experience, Edward has been involved in everything from developing residential property in the UK to selling some of the finest country houses and estates in England. Now Edward's focus is on Western Europe, the Caribbean and the US, advising high net worths and ultra high net worths on their next investments. Edward also acts as Knight Frank's global wealth ambassador for Monaco. Edward, it's a pleasure to welcome you onto the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. How are you today? How are you doing? Yeah, all good. Thank you, Rebecca. It's uh, it's obviously is a strange time for everybody, uh, and I think then uh, uh, today, just just at the moment, we thought the things were potentially starting to go back to normal a little bit. Then uh, it looks like that uh, you know we may well have our movements restricted again here in the UK. Uh, but it's yeah, the last the last six months have been have been an interesting time. I think it's. It's you know for me I've actually been funny enough given that I'm usually on a plane every other week I'm semi used to working fairly remotely and fairly autonomously so it hasn't really fundamentally changed some parts of how I work but obviously it's been rather challenging not being able to uh, actually sit down face to face with clients um, even in a in a in a socially distanced way as we would do today but not being able to see some of the the properties that are coming onto the market um, because it's um, not impossible um, but you know for us for the top end of the market we we really do need to be able to speak intelligently about all the properties in which we are marketing and which we're selling and particularly when we're talking to trusted clients um, and they are then uh, listening to us and trusting our opinion about whether they should or should should buy something or or, or indeed sell something. Um, but no, I think you know maybe even sort of slightly more more importantly, just stepping away from the work bit. It's been you know the last several months have been a, a nice opportunity to recalibrate and 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 just reassess uh, family life, I suppose, in many ways, and and the work life balance and. I've I've got a young son, so it's been it's been a wonderful time for me to be able to spend some more quality time with him. Um, and um, you know, particularly as as frankly, I was going to be almost you know semi permanently outside of the UK for certainly six to seven months of this year. It's been actually you know I've rather enjoyed being here, and uh, you know having my uh, we're fortunate enough that we can lock ourselves away in different parts of the house and and be relatively uh, you know uninterrupted. But the the two hours of commuting every day certainly I don't miss, um, and actually you know in many ways I found that I'm using all of that time. Yes, in the morning it means a bit more family time, um, but in the afternoon and in the evenings it means that you know you can really work unbroken through uh, where needed, um, and um, you know as long as as long as you get that balance right and. You know, you can, I'm fortunate enough, I can lock myself away in a spare room. But as long as you get that work-life balance right and you can really separate the time to spend with the family and then spend focusing on work, then, um, you know, then it's been good. 
Mm, definitely. And it sounds like it's been a few months of a lot of change and a lot of different ways of working, but you've adapted quite well to it. And on that topic, have you noticed any particular trends cropping up in the market? What are you seeing clients looking to invest in? Where are you seeing them looking to buy? What big things are you noticed that are starting to crop up over the last few months? You know, markets have all had their all all had their own intricacies, uh, I suppose, over the last six months or so. Um, you know, we've we've really all learnt to use and uh, adjust new technology. Um, technology, I think, from that we from a communication perspective, that probably we all knew that was there, um, but technology which we maybe hadn't utilised properly with regards to communicating with each other and with our clients remotely. Trends in the specific parts of the market. Paris has been um, has been an interesting place over the last several months. It's one of those places that is is really highly connected um, within our network. It's very much like London. It's very much like New York in terms of the international people that own and spend time in Paris and a lot of our clients. Um, so it makes sense, actually, that, that recently we've opened a new office uh, with Juno uh, in Paris in a, in a really fantastic central location. Uh, so that's been quite exciting. And I'm sure that that will only help us to tie in more clients and to help build business uh, within our network from the south of France you know, to Paris up into the mountains and then obviously back through the UK. You know, lots of Americans who um, spend time in, and, and who own property in Paris. So we've always had a big synergy with Douglas Elliman in the US and with Paris in particular, um, but that will only grow uh, now that we are working more and more and more with, with Juno in Paris and in fact together with um, one of the team with Alison Ashby in in Paris who I particularly work with very closely for the top end of the market um, we actually did a um, we did a presentation with uh, a lot of brokers in the US from, from Douglas Elliman relatively recently and I know that they all very much enjoyed that. The south of France highly international market and, and particularly when you're talking about the top end of the market uh, it gets even more so uh, so it's been a strange season where, you know, people haven't been getting on airplanes, which we all know. Uh, you know, we've had people driving from Oslo down to the south of France to look at properties there or, or indeed down to Monaco. We've had very large properties for the, you know, the very top uh, super prime or indeed the, the ultra prime end of the market, which have not come on the market this year um, because rightly so they felt that their clients and the usual buyers for a lot of those properties have stayed in their home countries, whether that's been in the Middle East, whether that's been in Russia, CIS, whether that's China, whether that's from the US um, or whether it's you know, for, from India and other parts of Asia. Um, it's been an interesting time, but that's not to say that you know, decent sized deals haven't been done because they have been. Um, you know, we are also, we're also doing more I was talking to a client earlier on about how we are, how we've really changed how we're marketing properties. You've got to have fantastic photographs and fantastic materials to help market properties. But given how our clients are starting to use Instagram, starting to use social media more, uh, certainly I found that I've never had as many people contacting me with my relatively uh, small amounts of followers on Instagram, just with regards to some of the properties that I put on there. But with regards to buying or selling properties in the markets within which I operate, you know, I've never had so many people contact me. Um, but for, from my end, I'm I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting back on a plane 
um, and uh, being back in a lot of the markets in which I operate and whether that's in the US, whether it's in Paris and south of France and Monaco uh, or indeed in the Caribbean um, and um, seeing people. Um, you know, it's it really is a special time when you can see people face to face. And yes, I try to do it. And obviously I'm meeting people in, in London pretty regularly through the course of, uh, of a week uh, as much as I can do uh, in a safe and uh, and socially distanced and responsible way, obviously, as possible. Um, so um, an interesting moment, but definitely definitely a moment where um, those who have been quickest to react and who have been most flexible to think about the future and to think about how they might change their businesses for the future, maybe to think about how they might change their office space for the future, those that have seized the day quickest, I think probably will be the first uh, to benefit from it. So we begin every episode by taking things back to the start and finding out a little bit more about how you got involved in property in the first place. So would you mind telling us about how you kickstarted your career in this field? I think it was all just a bit of a a bit of a sort of fortunate accident, frankly. My sort of natural path, my, my father's been working in property for well over 50 years and um, I suppose it's something that I've always grown up with, although almost as a result of that, I was not thinking about that when I, you know, when I left when I left university and was sort of scratching around trying to work out what I was going to do, I just filled my time and earned money like everybody else, you know, where I could, but wanted to be able to, um, you know, stand on my own feet and have my own money to, to do what I need to do. So property was something that I knew. And I started working for a, a property developer um, who was, um, you know, just getting change of use on, uh, on property, residential property in the UK and in London. And I spent a lot of time in pretty dingy, dark, not very nice council offices going through microfiches of, of, of properties and trying to find opportunities for the specific developer and what he wanted to do. Um, and then I decided actually, you know, dealing with people is something that my father has set the most incredible example for me for. Um, and it's still it's something that, uh, you know, I'm. Gives me great joy when I hear people who are still working in the in the industry say, "Well, you know, know your your, your father from whenever it was, and uh, you know, etc." And I very very rarely meet anybody who had anything bad to say. Um, and I think we're all slightly shaped by how we're brought up. Um, and I've always been somebody who, um, you know, when being introduced to other people by you know historically by family when I was a child, I'd be introduced and then left to deal with and talk to that person, no matter how young or how old. And I actually think that's something that sort of set me in very good stead for speaking to all kinds of people from all different parts of the world of all different ages, uh, wealth brackets, um, etc. So I thought, well, look, estate agencies is what I've known from from seeing it from the sidelines from a from a family perspective. Uh, so uh, tried to get a job, uh, which wasn't that easy. It turned out. I mean, I must have written to twenty, thirty different agents, and finally, as it, as you did back then, over sort of a beer in the golf club, somebody basically said, "Well, look, I'll give you a chance, and if you're no good, I'll sack you, but I'm going to give you a shot." Um, and uh, I took that for all it was worth, and was really fortunate back then that I was um, from that point onwards. I've always ended up working alongside um, some very, very experienced, very, very successful people. It's just, it's just how, how life seems to have panned out for me. And, and I was put into a, a regional office in, in, in Hampshire for, a, for a, a big sort of global estate agency, not 
not like Frank where I am today, but for for another firm, but with some very senior, very experienced partners. And I watched and listened and watched how they dealt and interacted with other people, listened to how they spoke to clients, listened to how they talked to, to buyers um, when they were talking to people sometimes for the first time, uh, you know, went with them on, on the pitches when trying to value properties when taking on new instructions, um, you know, was there for the deals and really just was a complete sponge for everything that I could, everything that I could gain and learn from, you know, from these people around me. Um, and, you know, thank God I, I've been successful in the process and you know, moved around, you know, in that former firm. You know, I had applied for a job at Knight Frank initially uh, at the time when I first started looking. Uh, and I was told very nicely, basically, sort of come back when you've got a bit of experience under your belt. And then it must be about 10 years or so uh, now that I got a call from one of the teams saying, Edward, look, you know, we've been sort of watching you. Um, and had our eye on you, and um, you know we, we'd like you, you know we'd like to, to talk to you about coming to join Knight Frank. Um, and um, you know, from uh, had an interview, I remember in the uh, in the Ascot office with four partners. It turned out it was a bit of a grilling back then, but I don't mind. I always actually, funnily enough, the the, the more challenging a situation, the more I I, I tend to just naturally rise uh, to meet it. So I thoroughly enjoyed uh, being given a good grilling about my past and. Uh, you know what what I wanted for the future, and then what my experience was, etc. And, and funny enough, after that interview, they said, "Well, actually, we brought you in to talk about one role, uh, which would have been more of a regional role for what I was doing at the time, uh, which was basically sort of Surrey, Su- Sussex, Hampshire, country houses." Um, and actually, you know, we've got a, a, a role within the the national country house team, you know, in the in the HQ um, in in London, um, and. Um, you know, I leapt to that opportunity and had uh, had a lot of fun in my first two years. Um, you know, doing some big deals through the through the countryside and spending a lot of time in St George's Hill and, and went to Earth and and really meeting more global and international uh, sort of high net worth and ultra high net worth clients than I'd ever really come across before. And listening to where they were traveling, where they were doing business, the places where they went on holiday, and really trying to trying to pull all of that in in many ways to try and give myself a bit more of an edge to try and make me a better agent so that I could predict what people wanted to do what they you know what they wanted in terms of the, of their own properties uh, and you know as I became more experienced I was able to build trust more quickly um, and um, after a couple of years of working in the uh, in, in the country department Paddy Dring uh, who is uh, who is now my boss and has been for the last Eight years or so, said Edward. Look, um, you know, would you be interested in a, in a new opportunity? You know, you're in the UK dealing with international clients. You know, I need somebody um, to work with me dealing with the top end of the market overseas, and that was you know through mainland Central Europe, uh, through the Caribbean, which I is, which is somewhere that I really love, uh, and America, and then occasionally bits in Asia and Africa, etc. And I just thought, well, what a what a wonderful opportunity uh, that would be, um, and what a wonderful opportunity as well to work with with Paddy, who is probably the the foremost you know global agent for for the very top end of the market, one of the most experienced people in that regard um, that I've ever worked with. 
so again, I went from you know my initial stages in my career to working with someone ex- you know extremely experienced in their own but relatively smaller locality uh, to somebody who was incredibly well respected globally amongst his peer group, amongst his clients, amongst his competitors. Um, and um, I suppose I was almost sort of chief bag carrier, frankly. At, at the beginning, but gradually, as you progress, as you grow, as as you become successful, you know, you build a reputation for yourself, uh, and you start to get more business from referrals. Um, you know, clients start listening to you a bit more, you know, as you've done more business in more locations, and and all of that, frankly, has shaped me into quite a unique place today, where I have bought and sold in. 15, 16 countries around the world. And, you know, I can compare and contrast key high value residential markets that the majority of, you know, my clients spend time in, invest in, live in, work in around the world, which for me, when I go into any meeting I with any client to talk about global real estate, I know that I'm going into that meeting probably without sounding arrogant, but confidently more experienced with the vast majority of other people that could go into that meeting in terms of what I've transacted on. And then, you know, really for me and what what my clients seem to like and and what humbly makes me very proud to to have the, to to work with the clients that I do and do the, do the business that I do is, you know, I develop trust with people. Um trust and confidentiality is really the most important thing uh for me overarching anything else and i'd far rather tell a client not to sell something or not to buy something or tell them that they're wrong than be party to something that i don't in my heart of hearts uh believe in you know i've got too much built-in integrity for that and as a result of that even though you know initially when i had a situation with them i was introduced by some some very good friends to somebody in a in a in, in a pub in london who happened to own uh, a house in the caribbean um and uh he said well edward i'd like to introduce you to uh, to such and such and he said oh, okay um so this is my house do you know it and i said yes i know it very well fantastic house he said uh, it's on the market at x what's it worth and you know i, I sort of shot back fairly straight what I thought it was worth. Um, and he sort of laughed and said, you don't know what you're talking about and walked off. And uh, a year later, he came back to me and apologized and said, Edward, you know what? Frankly, I just thought you, you were full of it. You were just another you know, another agent, just frankly sort of sound, sounding off. Um, but the price you told me it was worth is exactly what we've just sold the house for. And so, you know, can we can we reset? Can we start again? Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we keep in touch now. And actually, he, he introduces that particular client, introduces other friends of his and other, other clients um, back to me. And funny enough is, you know, it just happens to be quite a well-connected guy. Um, and all around the world where I've gone, there have been other people that have known him or who he has spoken to or who have called that guy as a reference. Uh, so, you know, I I feel very proud of the reputation that that I've built. I don't usually shout about it. Uh, so, frankly, sort of um, self promotion is something that that doesn't come naturally to me. I'm definitely would fall into the category of, for example, a, a reluctant Instagram user. Uh, it definitely is not safe. It's not sort of first nature for me to to talk about and promote myself. And half of the reason for that is because most of the work, business that I do and the deals that I do is highly confidential. You know, my clients don't want me talking about them. I certainly don't talk about them. Don't talk about the properties that you know we help them buy around the world, or properties that they may, may be very confidentially selling. So it really is. Um, you know, I, I kind of pinch myself sometimes. I'm not quite sure exactly how I got here. Um, thank God I am in this position. 
you know, I really enjoy what I do. I really enjoy the firm that I work for. And, um, you know, and it just goes to show sometimes that, you know, you just need to take a chance. And I was offered a job. It wasn't what I wanted to do, particularly. I wasn't particularly inclined that I didn't think that I wanted to go into agency as a as a full-time career but it's you know I, I would never at that moment in time um, you know back in the early 2000s have thought that I'd be traveling almost weekly to different parts of the world and that I would be meeting and spending some rare time quality time with some pretty unique amazing people you know world leaders in some cases business leaders you know, royal families, um, you know, some incredible minds, some incredible entrepreneurs, and to, to have the privilege of spending, you know, really unique, almost family time with some of these people, um, whether it's in their houses, whether it's on a plane with them, whether it's on a boat with them, whether it's just having 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 lunch at a, at a nice restaurant somewhere, hopefully when we can all go back to start doing all that again. You know, I, I never know who's going to call. Uh, I never know what somebody's going to say to me when I ring them to talk about something. I go into every situation, whether it's a phone call, whether it's uh, whether it's a meeting with a total open mind. Yes, I usually have a particular reason for calling or going to see that person. But the thing I go back to always is I think it's a privilege to do what I do. Uh, I feel it's a privilege to be invited into the lives in some cases of my clients i feel it's a privilege for them to share their thoughts and aspirations and you know in some cases the the dynamics of family life and for for them to you know being very often such experienced senior successful people um i find it very humbling that they listen to my opinion on things and, and they want to know what i think about different parts of the world and they want to know what I think about different properties in different locations and they want ideas. And as this is as this has progressed, you know, you, you develop a bit of a niche for different profiles of clients. But I think the the main reason that I seem to get referral business comes back to, yes, it's experience first and foremost, because nobody uh, is going to introduce somebody to someone who doesn't have the experience and, and, and isn't professional and isn't going to be credible and, and, and able to do their job. But ultimately, trust, particularly for, for the super rich, for, for, for ultra high net worth clients, they have a lot to lose. Confidentiality is very often the most valuable thing that they trade to be trusted by incredibly private people like that um, with, in some cases, very, very, very expensive assets. And my first property I sold was about £800,000. And I've been involved in transactions, you know, well, well over 100 million. Um, so to go from those two extremes is an amazing thing. And yeah, I just I enjoy it. I do I, I feel privileged to do it. Uh, and, uh, you know, by the grace of God, you know, I'm, I'm able to do it for a long time to come. That's such an interesting career trajectory and story. And there's so much in that that I want to dig into. But there's one thing you mentioned at the very beginning of the story was that you've learned the skill of making sure that you listen and that you almost soaked up like a sponge everything that everyone told you in those early years to really gain that expertise. And a lot of the time when people talk about estate agency and the property business, a lot of the time it's people talking over each other and assumed that everyone's got very big personalities and listening isn't something that necessarily people associate with the industry. So for you, why is listening such an important skill? And was there a particular moment that you realised its importance? I think I always found that the person who shouts the loudest in the room is, is not always the person who has the most valuable or credible thing to say because they, they've learned to hold their tongue 
they've learned to listen. Um, you know, it's that uh, in many ways, it's that sort of pearls before swine analogy. You know, I, I, the kind of the people who, for me, people who are just self-promoting and showing off all the time, and everybody has, everyone has different and unique ways of has different personalities and different ways of doing business. And the world is a big enough place for all these different personalities. That's just, that's just not me. I always seem to spot the people who, you know, it's, it's, it's that quiet confidence. It's that respectability. It's a little bit of, it's a little bit old school. Maybe it's a little bit old fashioned and maybe that's because of the way I, you know, the way I've been brought up, but I, you know, the, the people that I respect and the people that I saw quietly going about being very successful doing really good business and having incredible clients were not the loudest people in the room. Um, you know, we all like to have a laugh. I've got a bit of a naughty sense of humor, which sometimes gets me in trouble, but I know when, I know most of the time when is the appropriate time to, you know, be funny and, and, and be informal and have a bit of a joke and a, a bit of banter about things. But the rest of the time, I, I'm quite serious. And I remember earlier on in, in my career, I sat with a with a colleague and with a client, and we're having a really, really serious discussion about the price of this guy's house. A lot of learning and developing is about self-reflection. And I hadn't really considered how I was presenting myself at that period in time. Um, and blessing the client, who was a lovely, lovely guy, who said, Edward, look, you're being very, very serious. It's almost frightening. He said it in a sort of tongue-in-cheek way. But I, you know, I took it and I reflected on it. and. You know, you you learn from that, and and people, you know, people people want to feel comfortable around you. You know, you need to be able to build an affinity with people, but at the same time, they need to take you seriously. So, so there is a there's definitely a balance there. And is that quiet confidence, that ability to listen to people, is that what helps you build trust? Is as you said, that trust is so important to the sorts of clients that you're working with. So has that been instrumental in helping you gain their trust? Yeah, I think so. Look, look, a, lot of my, a lot of my clients are very, everything they do is time sensitive. Um, and, you know, we talk about people being cash rich, but time poor. So they want condensed information. If they if they are talking to you about something, it's because they think it's valuable for you to know and they want you to listen. Um, and I really, really do believe that sometimes saying nothing is the most powerful thing you can do in a conversation. Uh, and even you know, in the last few days, I've been I've been negotiating on on a you know on a property with multiple owners in a particular situation, and then um, you know a, a unique buyer. Um, and in both, you know, I had to treat both situations very, very differently. Um, and particularly when you are, you know, it's a different dynamic altogether than, you know, trying to control a conversation or, you know, play a role in a conversation when it's not face to face, when it's not in a meeting. And you can't convey your because physical body language as well as what you say. And, you know, in, in, in many ways, you know, your physical body language can be more powerful and more important than what you say. Just in terms of your, you know, portraying your presence in a room, how you're coming across to a client, you know, and then they look at you when you're saying things, and you know, as part of the part of the process of evaluating you. And I, I've had a number of clients who we've spoken on the phone, uh, but I don't do any business with with uh, with people before I've met them. So you need to come and see me. I need to meet you face to face. I need to be able to look you in the eye. I need to be able to shake your hand, albeit again something we're we're probably not going to be doing for a while now um, with the current situation. Now, the ability to be quiet is useful in so many different situations and to 
to be able to bite your tongue and listen and not speak is a is a real skill is a massive skill um and the the temptation and i can talk a lot if i need to um you know and i talk to journalists all the time uh, you know i talk to you know i have I've long conversations with clients about lots and lots of different things but i like to think that most of the time it's not just waffle most of the time i'm getting across various points in a sequence and it's adding value to to the client and of course with everyone that you talk to it's about being smart about however how, you know how you talk to each individual client and that's not rocket science and everybody knows that but not everybody can practice that and not everybody does it well uh, and i do like to feel that most of the time i get it right when i'm talking to clients about what they want it doesn't always happen you know and of course we all make mistakes and i've made some big ones you know i've said some things to clients that clients have taken the wrong way in the past I haven't meant any harm in doing so, and there hasn't actually been any particularly negative outcome. They've just taken something the wrong way. So, you know, you learn from all of these experience, you know, and you learn to think ahead about how clients are going to react to something that you say. But at the same time, the listening, you know, really, really listening to what people are saying, what people want. Um, and particularly, you know, if you are in many ways, if you're trying to mentor others as well. And I think the mentoring element as you become more successful in your career is really important. And I, I have almost felt like I've been mentored by proxy just by having worked together with or underneath very, very successful people, people who just were, were, were incredibly well respected. And not everybody gets that. I've just been very fortunate that that's how it's panned out. Um, and in many ways today, yes, I still have very successful people that I work with and who I report to. But I, you know, I have a pretty autonomous job. My daily role and what I do is defined by me, is defined by the people who I'm going to go and meet with, is defined by the jobs that I need to do, is defined by the properties that I'm selling, is defined by, you know, the, the, the search mandates that I get from clients or, or just general conversations that I might have completely off the cuff. Um, and it's one of the things I like. I like, you know, it, it, there are certain things that obviously you have to plan for on a daily basis. But what I, frankly, what I enjoy dealing with the most with is things that slightly catch you off guard and, you know, the unexpected phone call or, you know, you're talking to a client about a house in the south of France uh, and they turn around to you and say, well, actually, um, Ed, we've got, you know, we, we have a house in Manhattan that we don't really use. Um, could you help us with that? You go, yes, well, oh, okay, well, you know, we don't use our chalet in the Alps very much anymore either. Can, can you help us with that? Yes. Oh, well, you know, actually, you need to speak to my cousin. He's, you know, so it's, it, you know, it, it's nice how organically things develop. And I've definitely felt my career has developed organically. And I definitely feel like, you know, you do one first bit of business with somebody. And this is what I like the most about my job is that I can then take that first job, do, you know, do something fantastic with what they want, as in acquire a property for them for the price they want in the location they want, or sell a property for them in a location that they want, you know, in, in, a, in a timely manner or as required. And from that, you then get subsequent other wider, greater business. And from that, you just build trust with those people. And that relationship bit is the bit I come back to again with really what I've learned from, you know, my father, who is who is all about relationships. And I've learned that, you know, in this business, again, it's all about relationships. And it's not always about how many people you know, and it's not always about who you know, but it is about knowing the right people and those right people then wanting to work with you. And for me, with with the top end of the market globally, with 
some of our firm's wealthiest uh, clients and some of the you know some of the most valuable real estate we deal with, they all want a exceptional and unique uh, and utterly bespoke level of service in each case. We as a firm are able to do that. It's something that I enjoy doing because I do like variety. And it's probably why I've gone from dealing with a small patch and a small business and very, very similar clients. It's probably why naturally I progress to, you know, not knowing what tomorrow is going to hold and why, you know, that, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what motivates me. But the thing that I cherish the most, obviously, as well as being successful and, and being happy and healthy and, you know, having a loving family, etc., which in many ways, frankly, is what true wealth is all about. One of the things that I'm most grateful for is the relationships that I have with my clients and most grateful for the, you know, the, the, the trust that they place in me. That's amazing. And I think the thread that kind of runs through all of what you've been saying is that through developing that trust and listening to people, you develop those relationships and it's something that you will learn over time. And something I was particularly interested in and in what you said there was that of mentoring and how you think that it's important to kind of help other people and guide them in their careers what advice would you give to somebody who is just starting out in their career in property and is looking to say pursue a similar career path they want to get into international and they want to start dealing with high net worth and ultra high net worth clients what advice would you give to them well first of all always ask if you can have a conversation with somebody because they can only say no and you'd be surprised how often actually people quite like to be able to recant about how they've you know how they've become successful and what they've done. You know, I I didn't you know I didn't graduate university with a degree. I think there are a lot of people, a lot of people out there who, for whatever reason, uh, maybe they didn't get the best grades they wanted, or maybe they didn't go to the right school, or maybe they didn't go anywhere else. Frankly, I don't really care about that sort of stuff. You know, with when it comes down to ultimately sales, it's about personality, uh, and it's about how you can connect with and, and build relationships with people. Um, so because I've always felt like for whatever reason, people have been happy to listen to me um, when I've said, look, can I grab five minutes you know, for a coffee? Uh, even though I know people are busy, I've always tried to do the same. So you know, when we have people who are coming and doing work experience uh, in the office, you know, even though I may have a hell of a lot of stuff that I've got to get done through the course of the day, I will very often go and spend... 45 minutes with whoever it is, chatting to them about what they want to do, what their plans might be, what the best way to go and do it is. Um, with regards to the international markets, uh, and actually I've been, I've been talking to the, the son of a, 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 of a client that I very often see when, when I'm in Monaco, um, who's, who's, who's working in, the, you know, working in an agency in, in the UK, but is really interested in, in real estate globally. Uh, and my advice to him has been that you need to get, like with anything, you know, you need to start with the basics. Um, you know, and I, I wasn't too proud to be stuck out in the rural office and to be the youngest person in that office by about, well, what I considered at the time to be about 40 years. Um, you know, I was, I was by far and away the youngest person. I couldn't really have any banter with the people I was working with, but what I could do was focus and listen. Um, and, um, you know, and thankfully, the, those initial guys also had uh, had a great sense of humor in the process. And I think a sense of humor through what is very often, what very often can be high stress situations. And I've been, you know, on the phone. Uh, and thankfully, my wife knows what my, my job entails. You know, I've been on the phone at 10, 11 o'clock at night trying to finalize deals with people from other parts of the world. And 
I mean, you need to have that support structure around you. But I mean, com- coming back again on the international side, I just think you need the basics. You need to have experience in property sales because you cannot expect to have somebody trust you with the acquisition or the sale of an asset around the world if you don't know what you're doing. And particularly as they become more and more valuable uh, and as these clients become more and more high powered, um, you need to make sure you're prepared to go into that situation. Otherwise, it makes you look silly and it makes your your, your firm look silly. Um, so I would just say, look, you know, don't ever cap your goals. Go into everything with as much enthusiasm and positivity as you can. But ask as many questions as you can and try and find people you know the the guys again who, who we get coming into into night frank for work experience or for internships you know i will say to them look okay go and talk to this guy go and talk to that person have you thought about this you know what's the most important thing for you do you want to make a lot of money earlier on um do you want a long career doing this uh, or or do you want to travel um you know for for me the international side of the business my my father was born in malaysia my mother was born in india I had always, I'd grown up with these romanticized stories of riding elephants in jungles uh, and, you know, escaping tigers and all, all sorts of other amazing stories from my grandparents and then from my parents, you know, growing up. Uh, and then, funnily enough, James Bond films, looking at the, uh, you know, uh, the, a lot of those James Bond films were all filmed in the, in the Bahamas and in the Caribbean. And that was when I was, when I was young and growing up, you know, I think, I think parts of France um, you know, in, with a sort of trailer tent was about as exciting and, and high flat, high flying as my holidays got. Uh, so there was a very, I always had a very sort of romantic sensation about the Caribbean, about the colors, about that sort of Robinson Crusoe type lifestyle. So for me, when I had the opportunity to travel, uh, when they, I, I had the opportunity for me to further myself, to better myself, to become more knowledgeable, to become better traveled, to understand different cultures more. You know, I leapt at that opportunity. Um, so I would just say, look, you know, if, if you get an opportunity to push yourself out of your comfort zones, that is how you grow. That is how you develop. Um, and if you can do that whilst you've got somebody else you can learn from through that process and get as much wider and lateral, lateral experience as possible, it's going to make you a valuable agent. It's going to make you a better agent. It's going to give you a better career. It's going to make you more money. It's going to make you more successful. Um, and it's going to make you become valuable to your clients. Just ask the question. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone to people. That's the other thing. Do not be afraid to pick up the phone to people. But if you are going to pick up the phone to somebody, make sure you planned what you're going to ask them first. Make sure you know what you want out of that conversation because you're then making the most out of your time, but you're also then respecting the time of the person who you're talking to or wanting to have some time with. Um, to make sure that you know that is a, you're as respective of that time as possible, and that they can be productive as productive as possible in advising you. Mm, and I suppose it's becoming, as you go throughout your career, a multifaceted person who picks up knowledge along the way, and that you shouldn't shouldn't expect at the start that everything's going to be completely this linear trajectory, and you'll get to the top just by doing X, Y, and Z. It's understanding that each person's career is idiosyncratic, and you will grow and learn, and things won't necessarily go always to plan. And diverting from that ever so slightly, I'd love to find out a little bit more about the international side of your of your role, and what exactly you find the most exciting about what you do at the moment the the travel is the travel is always interesting and 
meetings with clients are never as productive when you are you know, in the boardroom with them in their place of work uh, as they are when you catch them, you know, for, for a drink if they're on holiday or if they're overseas uh, or you're on a train, on a plane uh, with them and you have a bit of a captive audience. Um, but, you know, I have some amazing experiences when I'm showing people around houses um, from you know being in the south of France uh, and going you know walking walking around an amazing property with uh, potentially with the owner of that property and with a client and the client you know picking an orange off a tree you know picking a mango out of a bush um, you know you sit down and uh, and have lunch together and you're you know the olive oil on the salad is from the estate so one of the most amazing properties which I'm currently um, fortunate enough to be responsible for selling at the moment is a, is a private island in the Exumas uh, in the Caribbean and for me it's just it's the most unique the most incredible place and one of the most incredible properties I've, I've ever I've ever been involved with uh, happens to be a wonderful family that own it that I've now done you know the initial touch point was to help sell that island but I've now you know helped them with multiple other bits and pieces and they've introduced lots of clients to me just because of again that relationship that we've built up but when it comes to an island half of the half of the sales process is about the experience you know it's about the arrival it's about what you do when you're there um and um funny enough thunderball one of the james bond films was filmed in the water nearby and there's a there's a, there's a grotto nearby called the thunderball grotto that you can, you can swim under and into uh, but near, near to that there's a there's a there's a place called compass key where they have nurse sharks that you can swim with um, and these particular clients that I brought to the island um, were a little bit nervous about the nurse sharks. Um, so it was much to their surprise that just to show that they weren't going to eat you, um, you know, I, I, I stripped off to my swimming trunks and, and, and jumped in the in the water with them. Um, and people are amazed usually when I when I mention the story. And funny enough, it's something that. I mentioned when we are, we occasionally have youngsters come in when we're doing careers advice, when we're talking to people about unique experiences that you can have in real estate. Um, it's one of the stories I often tell because it's frankly, it's one of the most unique things I've ever done in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of the process of showing somebody around a house. You know, I've had doors that are shut. I've had to climb in through kitchen windows uh, to get back into houses to show people around them. Uh, or because they were supposed to be open, not because I wasn't supposed to be going into them. Um, but you know, I have some very unique experiences, and that's that's what I like. I like the fact that I don't know what the day, what what's going to hold in the rest of the day. Um, and very often, it is at the end of the day when you've done something. You know, you may be just you know ha- having a having a drink with a client and just reviewing what's gone on through the rest of the day. That you get into the best bit, which is when you know they 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 share some privileged things with you that you don't need to know, that, you know, you can't add any value to, but you've built that level of trust and they may share and ask your opinion about something they're doing personally. Um, They may share something with you about what they're proud of and that they're doing professionally. I just find a huge privilege that people want to reconnect. People want to talk to you. That's the good stuff. You know, yes, I want to do the, you want the professional advice uh, and you want to be able to provide the professional service. But it's the extra bit with the relationship bit. That's the sort of, um, for me, that's the sort of the cement that binds the whole process together. Uh, and that for me is the sort of the, the magic, 
if you like, of it all. Mm, and it's almost that cliched point of quality over quantity and making sure that the relationships you build are valuable and that you've worked on them and developed them together. And also what I noted in what you were saying is that a sale isn't just about selling the home, it's about building the experience around that home and what it can offer to you on a more holistic level. But on that topic, this podcast is all about your personal experience of home. And so I'd be interested to know whether you, when you were looking for your home, what sort of things you were looking for, what sort of things were you considering? Were you thinking of it with your, almost your agent hat on and looking at the experience and what you could gain from being in this area and home? What was that experience like for you? Absolutely. Well, the, 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 the last property that we as a family were, were, were looking to buy for ourselves um, in London, um, we, we love the location where we are. Um, it, it, it allows for, you know, for me, I, I need to have access to the airport. Uh, my wife works in the city and she also travels for work as well. Um, you know, our parents both live uh, and various family members both live about, you know, an hour to an hour and a half sort of south or southwest of London. So to be able to get out on, you know, and have easy access to them. But then when it come, when it came down to the house, I have it sort of drilled instinctively within me to want to find something that I can, we can add value to or that has untapped value there within it that there is then potential to unlock. You know, I'm always, I'm always looking for something, you know, my clients are always driving me to look for something that's unique, for something that isn't on the market. You know, I want to buy something that's not for sale or that nobody else has seen or that is super unique. Uh, and in many ways, that's what we went looking for. Um, and we needed, you know, it's not my, the, the, the local area where we live is, is not my patch. I don't know it. it, you know, as well as the local agent in that patch would do. And I've, I found a you know a very experienced agent, spoke to them about what we were looking to do, um, gave them our existing property to sell as well, because I think it does add value that the in some cases uh, that the agent who is selling your house is also helping you find um, you know the house that you're going into because it just means that there's there's more synergy, it's everything's closer together, there's less time that's going to be lost in between, uh, and everybody's got the same goal because frankly. You know, you're, you're putting added pressure on the agent because not only do they need to find or sell your current property, they need to find somewhere for you to go into. And we were we were very specific about what we wanted. We wanted to stay in our location. We wanted to find a property that in this particular instance hadn't been extended, hadn't been modernized uh, overly. We didn't want to wreck because, you know, we barely have enough time usually during the week for ourselves and for the family, let alone to spend huge amounts of time, um, you know, doing up something which is sort of next to falling down or that somebody hasn't lived in for sort of 20 years. But we, you know, we found a property where the the owners have been overseas. They hadn't been there a lot, but, you know, it was watertight. It was in perfectly good condition, but hadn't been modernized. You know, it's a three-bedroom, one-bathroom house. You can put a second, you can put the third floor in it, so turn it into a five-bedroom three bathroom property you know hadn't had the kitchen fully extended it didn't doesn't have a basement in it so it, it basically gives us room as a family gradually and organically to expand it and expand into it um you know as needed as our family hopefully you know expands if it does um i have to speak to the boss about that um as in my wife not the boss at work but the um you know we found something that was going to work for us and that we could add value to and that we thought was um, going to appreciate in price. All of those things 
are exactly the same criteria as you know when I'm looking for you know when I'm looking for property for, for clients. Um, and it did help in many ways. I think you know it helps for you to put your best foot forward when it comes to you as a buyer. Um, and um, you know, I obviously am experienced and had a you know circa twenty odd years work, working in in property. You know, done transactions all over the world. In terms of me being credible as a buyer, it meant that I was in quite a good position to go forward and find something that was unique. And in working with and having a, a close relationship with the agent, we were able to find a property that wasn't for sale, was coming up for sale, um, and we found it and bought it off market. And you know, and and um, you know, and, and did a deal and agreed a deal off market. And that was exactly what we wanted to do. You know, the, the the seller didn't want to mess around, didn't want lots of people traipsing through the door, uh, and had told the agent um, that um, they just wanted one buyer. So we were vetted by the agent. We knew them because they were selling our existing house uh, for us. Um, so, you know, that was you know, in in many ways. You know, I see lots of my clients have little real estate miracles, um, amazing things that just seem to happen that never seem to happen to me. Um, and, um, for us, this was, a for our family, this was a little real estate miracle that, you know, everything that we wanted to happen did, uh, as much as possible. Um, and the property that we wanted to find having been looking for six months beforehand and not found exactly what we wanted, having done all of our research in other areas and realizing actually we wanted to be exactly where we are, um, where we were in the, in the, in the old property. Um, and, um, you know, we found, we found the right thing. And something you mentioned there was that when you were looking for your home, you were looking for it to be off market or slightly more unavailable or a bit more of a challenge to find. Something that you enjoy doing with clients as well. Do you enjoy looking for something that's a little bit more unavailable, a little bit more unique, working out what's best for them, almost securing that property for them? Funny enough, I, the, the one time my wife and I, just before we had our baby, we uh, chartered a boat and were sailing around uh, the islands and around Ischia and off, off Naples. I had a call from one of the foremost interior designers, global interior designers, you know, really, who's based in Los Angeles. Uh, and I'd never spoken to this guy before. He rang me up on at one time I had mobile phone reception on the boat uh, and said, Edward, um, I've been given your name. Uh, one of my one of my best clients, um, one of the clients I've worked for the longest with is looking for something incredible in the Caribbean. Uh, he doesn't know exactly what he wants. He doesn't know exactly where it needs to be. It just needs to be the best property in that particular location. Um, can you help me? Um, and those are, you know, I delight in getting phone calls like this because not only do I know that someone somewhere who I've done some business with historically has referred me to this guy, um, you know, I've made a connection with someone who, uh, you know, is, a, is an amazing interior designer, so who has an amazing book of clients and contacts himself. That if I do, you know, if, if I help him with his clients, hopefully he then remembers me for other things, and that's part of generating new business. Um, but I love the challenge of someone who I haven't met yet, um, you know, me being introduced as a facilitator to, to help them acquire something like this. Um, and I suppose that is why, in some ways, you know, I've gone from always, you know, being the normal agent and acting for the seller to almost 50% of the time now, uh, I'm being asked to help source something and help buy something. Um, and, you know, if you look at the London market, there are lots of buying agents 
you know, thousands of agents who are act for the buyer in that marketplace. Um, there are very few people who have a had a career or have for a long time successfully been doing that overseas. Uh, so for me, that's a that's a unique part of my experience, and that's something that you know it stands me out um, from from the crowds. It is something that not a lot of people do, and there you know there are probably maybe less than half a dozen people globally. You know, without again, without trying to sound arrogant, I think it's just one of those things that is a very, very unique thing to do to have a specialism in the very top end of the market. Um, you know, globally and overseas, and a couple of people I work with, and a couple of other people working for competitors who've done a similar thing. Um, but again, I find it I find it a privilege that it's something that I'm able to do, um, and uh, hopefully will again continue to do for a long time. But I love those, you know, the phone calls that you don't know you're going to get. Uh, the introduction from someone who you haven't spoken to for a long time. Um, and then, you know, a bit of a challenge is always fun. That's the kind of the, the testament to having a, a successful career, isn't it? It's developing that USP, that niche, that gap in the market where you have that specialism and you can offer someone a service that no one else can. And also being, you know, not being arrogant enough to admit where you, you know, you have shortfalls or where your experience doesn't come in and, through most of what I do globally, I am working with somebody who is on the ground, who does have that absolute minute detail, local knowledge, knows all the pitfalls, knows every single, you know, knows all the little areas that you should go or shouldn't go to, knows to knows how to give that very, very focused, localized advice, which then backs up you know, the, the, the wider advice and then the, the generic sales and acquisition process. Um, you know, it's, it, is, it is about team, albeit I do quite a lot of what I'm doing with clients on my own. You know, you are very much, you know, we are very much all reliant on our support teams. You know, I'm very fortunate that the team that I work within, within the international apartment, everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's very good at what they do. We have some incredible people that support us and help us facilitate to do our daily jobs um, obviously, we have the people at home who support us as well, which is even more important today. Um, but, you know, teamwork and knowing the right people to work with, whether it's lawyers, whether it's accountants, whether it's bankers, you know, for me, whether it might be a, a yacht broker or a jet broker or a, an art dealer or a classic car salesman, you know, I've built up these very, very trusted contacts and people again it's not an expansive list it's a it's a condensed list of people who provide an incredibly high level of service to their clients um, but who i know if i need to i can then rely on to help support the service that i'm trying to provide to my client So we begin to wrap up every episode by doing a quick fire round. And the first question is London or country? London, just because I, you know, I'd love to have a house in the country and everything that that entails is just not practical for me today. Classic or contemporary? I'm a bit of a classic man with contemporary elements mixed in, if I can say that. Uh, as in, it can be a beautiful rambling old house, but it needs to have Wi-Fi. <laughs> the ultimate essential um can or saint-tropez saint-tropez can is a bit there are some amazing houses in can but saint-tropez has the the atmosphere and the romance and uh, and all sorts of other things that are that are wonderful so i'd say saint-tropez 
call or email? Yeah, getting on the phone. There's nothing that quite beats speaking to people. Uh, but, you know, I, I'd have to throw in a WhatsApp uh, in that mix as well, which is very often the quickest way to, to, A, to get a response from me if I'm running between, you know, trying to jump on a flight or B, uh, if I'm trying to get a quick response from a client because, you know, we all get bombarded by millions of emails. Uh, and I often find that um, lots more of my clients uh, use WhatsApp or, you know, they, they like to speak on the phone, uh, but if they don't have time, it's a very, very good uh, and dynamic and quick way of uh, for me to communicate with clients. You can send them those voice notes. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, Monaco or Mustique? Oh, um, many people own in both locations. Um, but no, look, Monaco I love for the reasons that I've said, you know, in terms of, and I could probably, you know, I could probably quite easily live in Monaco and have the Italian Riviera and French Riviera right there. Um, Mustique is just a very, very special, very unique um, and incredible place in the Caribbean that I love being responsible for um, all of the sales uh, on that island. Um, but um, yeah, certainly love to have a, love to spend more time there. But in terms of Monaco and Mustique for living wise, I'd say Monaco. Um, office or working from home? My office really is is out and about. Um, so, you know, I, I, I work from home regularly anyway. I, I, even before lockdown, I've got a, I've got a big screen and, and a setup at, at home for me to use. Uh, but um, so work from home or just being out and about certainly rather than office um and a question here for something i've picked up um from where you said you lived clapham common or battersea park clapham common just because it's there um you know and it's pretty much a nice even five kilometers all the way around um so um now i'm very fortunate to uh, have the outside space there which is something that was a, a real must when we were looking for where we wanted to live uh, i wanted to make sure that there was a big park nearby and finally, south of France or the Caribbean? Oh, there's a lot. There's, it's it's there's a lot of. Um, it's not very quick fire, is it? I can't give a I can't give a quick response. The Canada, the Caribbean has that real kind of um, mysterious X factor for me. You know, the the James Bond bit, the Pirates of the Caribbean bit, that amazing water, getting back to nature. I love the sea. I love being outside. I'm a real outdoors person. You know, I I don't revel being inside uh, so i do find you know i'm finding this lockdown period uh, difficult but i get out as much as i can so no i think i think the caribbean is the most incredible place if you want to relax if you want to recharge if you want to spend really fantastic quality time uh, and to be able to do that in an incredibly private location as well uh, then um, i think i think the caribbean is an amazing place to spend time and to own property and the final question that we ask everybody who comes on the podcast is what does being a partner in property mean to you to me a partner in property it really just comes back down to who you want to be as an agent or as a broker and how you want your clients i think to think of you you know if you do really want to be a partner you want to be alongside whoever it is that you're advising you want to make sure that you know they feel like they are getting that trusted advice and uh, and something that 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 Knight Frank instills on people you know, on, on people who join the firm uh, and even on back on senior people is that we like to we like to say that we're able to give the advice to our clients that we would we would give to a member of our own families and that is a that's something that I've held pretty dear to me and pretty close to me throughout all my last decade or so I've been at Knight Frank uh, and certainly how I deal with all of my clients uh, I think trust integrity honesty discretion 
confidentiality. You know, different people have different personalities and different ways of doing business. Um, but f- for me, that partner in property in how it fits for me, for my market, for my clients is about being discreet. It's about being low profile. It's about making sure that clients get the best service that is totally tailored uh, and special for them. Uh, it's about spending the time, um, maybe time with them that is not always um, work related. Maybe it's just quality time together with people that you enjoy spending time with. And I think that for when people are talking about how they can connect with the next gen, I think with that next gen, with that slightly younger generation of wealth, that slightly young generation of client base that is coming through, you know, these people want to do business with people they enjoy spending time with. And it doesn't mean you need to be the village idiot and you need to be a comedian, but it does mean more and more, I feel, that those people want to enjoy spending time with you. They want to feel that, you know, when they see you calling them or you sending them a WhatsApp, that they know that you're going to be you're not going to be calling them to waste their time. They're going to enjoy the conversation. You're going to tell them some information that they're going to find interesting, uh, that's going to be relevant to their lives. Um, and, um, you know, and when you say, well, you know, can we meet for a coffee? Can we meet for lunch or whatever else it is? They're going to enjoy spending time with you because genuinely um, it adds value to them. Uh, and, and it may not even be from a business perspective. It may purely be that um, they like the relationship element. And that partnership bit, it's like, I, I, maybe it's best to say that relationship and partnership, they fit really hand in glove together. Uh, and there's a sort of a, a special sort of symbiosis of the two. And if you get it right, then it works for you as an agent, as an advisor, as a consultant, as a broker, uh, and the clients then like it as well. So you know, the, the partner in property, for me, you can distill down very quickly to professionalism and experience and confidentiality and trust, and then the ability to be relatable to your client and to be able to adapt and to be that chameleon in able to make sure that they have the best experience possible when dealing with you uh, and when transacting with you with regards to their real estate. Brilliant. Edward, thank you so much. Really appreciated it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of At Home With. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also love it if you shared this episode on social media, and please check out the show notes for more information. I'll be back next Wednesday with another exciting episode.